Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. We had a um, kind of a lopsided week two when it comes to football, but uh, um, we're going to get you all caught up on that and everything else that's been going on in the football scene and everything else. Um, in this week's episode, we'll do our usual four quarter format. We're in the first quarter. We are going to uh, recap week two of football. In the second quarter, we are going to be joined by Nutri football coach Brian Dahl. In the third quarter, we are going to play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game with some um, other fall sports that are going on. And then in the fourth quarter, we preview week three of action um, with some fun matchups to look forward to. So, um, before we uh, go on, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you uh, subscribe, like us, nice little reviews as well. Um, we're on Apple, Android, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if we're not there, let us know because we want to make sure that we can join you guys each and every week for this great uh, football content and everything else that we do each week. But why don't we jump right in? And Joe, week two was not, um, not really compelling. Uh, when it comes to, you know, what happened in the football action for our local area teams. Um, Loyola won 61-7 to against East Moline United. Highland Park won 49 to nothing over Hubbard. And then Nutria lost to Stevenson uh, 35-7. Let's start off with uh, Loyola. Um, I don't know how much we really know in these first two games that we'll talk about with Loyola and Highland Park, but let's start off with Loyola. Um, seemed like the second team uh, stringers were able to get in and third stringers were able to get in pretty quickly into this game, kind of like we predicted. Um, so obviously Loyola took care of business against a the team they should take care of business. But I think the biggest question right now is, Joe, just how much do we really know um, after two weeks, after, you know, big opening matchup against uh, St. Xavier, then a matchup against East Moline, how much do we really know about this Loyola team? I think we know a good deal uh, specifically about the first one. I think with um, United coming to town uh, this past weekend, it was pretty much a, uh, a known result before it happened um, that Loyola was going to take care of business. It was great that they got the second team, specifically the second team, like a lot of playing time. Like they got in and in the second quarter when it was 27 to nothing and were able to actually do things with the offense rather than just kind of, you know, slowly run the ball and run the clock. Um, they were still kind of tasked with um, doing work. And uh, I think they did that. And I think that was, uh, you know, good for one, their morale, the team morale, unity, all that, but also good to show the depth of the teams uh, of the Ramblers. So <clears throat> we know that, but you know, that first week, that first win, you know, whether um, St. X is up or down this year, which I don't think we completely know yet, uh, we know that they're a big program, a storied program, um, and a big team. So a um, lot of physicality on the field, and Loyola took care of business. So I think we know a good deal about Loyola cemented their place in the upper echelon. Now, what's the difference between uh, Loyola, Lincoln Way East, uh, Mount Carmel, uh, Glenbard West, some of the other better ones? That That we might not know quite yet. Obviously, you want to give uh, East Moline credit for coming out. Uh, if they didn't come out, Loyola wouldn't have a week two opponent. But yeah, just uh, it just it seemed like an opponent where um, you knew what was going to happen. We still are kind of curious to know what happens 
um, with this Loyola team once they face a little bit tougher pressure. Um, maybe we'll see that in week three against St. Rita. We'll talk about that in the fourth quarter. But um, let's jump on over now. Highland Park, big winners, 49 to nothing over Hubbard to start the season 2-0, and a big win. Um, kind of what we predicted against Hubbard. Um, but uh, obviously to get to 2-0 ahead of a big Buffalo Grove matchup in week three um, is exactly what Highland Park wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, for Highland Park, we talked about it in the first two weeks. They need to stack the wins. Um, they need to get to five. So every win matters greatly. Um, well, you know, hopefully they can do it in comfort and maybe get to six. But um, five is is the minimal goal here. And they got uh, number two um, right off the bat. They look good. They look fluid. Um, you know, they're just uh, uh, stronger than Hubbard is. And they proved it. Um, nice passing game. Um, I, I would say, you know, they wanted to get the running game going a little bit and it did, but only a little bit. We didn't see dynamic rushing attack. Like I think they wanted, um, but we were able to see some, some special things that they got some nice receivers and, uh, David Finn for a quarterback is doing the job finding, um, Nick Bloomer a lot. Uh, he had two more scores. So that's four on the year. Uh, Emmett Pulte, uh, had another one. He's a senior and Nick Cortez, I think recovered a fumble, um, it's not Nick Cortez. Um, I think it's Alex, Alex Cortez. Uh, Anthony Cortez recovered a fumble in the end zone. So uh, a lot of guys got touchdowns. I think six touchdowns and five, seven touchdowns, six different um, giants. So good thing for them. Um, that win was, was theirs to have, and they took it. You've watched football for, you know, a lot of weeks. So, you know, high school football, a lot of years. How big, what is it like in playing in a game like this where you obviously have a tough opponent um, next week against Buffalo Grove are these types of games good where you kind of are putting up getting your confidence together and you know you're kind of getting ready for a big opponent like that or does it kind of mislead you sometimes where you think you might be a little bit better than you are just what what is a game like this kind of heading into a tough matchup what is that you know week between like I, I think it matters on your personnel and your coaching and if you can stay grounded I think you certainly have to stay grounded after two wins like that but the first one wasn't easy against Leiden and, you know, Buffalo Grove, even though they're 0-2, is going to bring it. Um, you know, a team that was a, I believe, uh, either, I think, 7-2 and two last year, uh, or maybe even 8-1, very good program. So um, you just got to prepare. I think that they're aware of that. It's a local team. Um, so they, they know it's not a cakewalk in any sense of the, the, the phrase. So um, I don't know if it's good or bad. I think it can go either way, depending. But I think in this situation, it's good. I think they were able to see some more things, uh, gather more data for for what they need to put out there against uh, Buffalo Grove. Um, so I think that was a good thing. All right, let's move on to uh, Nutrier, where um, I don't know how you feel with whether we got more answers about this Nutrier or you just have more questions about this Nutrier team. Losing 35-7 to seven to Stevenson, um, just – that's what we talked about last week defensively could not stop anything and offensively could only score one touchdown but um where are you at with Nutrier just what you saw and heard um in their week two matchup against Stevenson and just where you are about whether you have a lot of questions about them or whether you feel like all right this might be the team that we're you know talking about this season yeah it's certainly I think it certainly raised more questions um but it answered a few too you know I think 31 to nothing to Hersey in the opener. You can blame that on a lot of things. You could say inexperience plus a really good Hersey team just kept that inexperience from developing in any sense of the word. It just, you know, smothered it. Um, and Hersey proved that they, in a week two win 
um, they won big as well. So they're a very good program uh, this season. Um, but so we go into week two against Stevenson, beatable team, a team that might tweak into the playoffs. I don't think this is a, you know, um, a, an excellent team. This isn't an eight and one or seven and two team. This is a five and four, four and five team. So uh, what do you do against them? Really the defense, especially the secondary really got roasted. Um, it, you know, they exploited a lot of things. I think uh, the quarterback had over 300 yards, 200 plus went to one of their receivers, Ben Snyder. Um, I think he set a record, the school record, but um, so, you know, they just got kind of burned and the pressure um, wasn't there um, from, from the defensive line. They think is going to be a strength. They're still missing one guy who they're really high on Jaden Salazar. So they got to do some, they got to get healthy and they got to prove something. They got to grow and they got to do it quickly because we got Palatine this week and then Fremden. you go into the conference slate with four losses uh, you're not making the playoffs. So it's already looking pretty dismal for a playoff appearance. So now it's growth. Um, and it's just, I don't know, this team has a lot of room to grow. The offense was able to score first and give Nutrier an early 7 nothing lead. What happened after that? Why was Nutrier not really able to move the ball and really, you know, score the ball? They just can't stay on the field. You know, um, whether it's, you know, Patrick Hennigan doesn't have that much time. They had a lot of breakdowns, uh, blocking breakdowns. And they just cannot run the ball at all. Uh, no, you know, I think I, I think they had nine negative plays in the first half and 11 total rushing yards. It got better a little bit in the second half only because then we started to see some backups and stuff, but um, they, they couldn't rush the ball at all. They had in in the first game either. Um, so that's going to be a big problem then if they want that offense to stay on the field and Hennigan needs time to grow and needs room literally on the field space to throw the football. Um, he underthrew a few here and there for sure. Um, but uh, it's really a problem with, with scheming and, and being able to put together, you know, all 11 guys um, got to work together right now and we're having failures at multiple levels. All right. Well, let's hear more about this new cheer team and what uh, we've seen. So for the first two weeks of the season, uh, and this, we're going to jump on over now to the second quarter where we're joined by Nutria football coach Brian Dahl. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with Brian after the game. What are we going to hear at home? Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, what I just mentioned, where where we're seeing some of the breakdowns. We also talk about what now and 0-2 record facing some tough teams coming up and um, maybe uh, even a couple of bright spots such as their kicker, uh, Nikki and uh, Miles Kramskoli, wide receiver. All right, let's take a listen. So, I mean, that, that, that had to be a goal going in, right? Yeah. Get points on the board, yeah. and then... Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. You tell I mean, me. I thought we started off strong, you know, outside of the two huge plays in the first half. I thought defensively we played okay. You know, we had a couple breakdowns, and, you know, it's just, you know, like one error right now seems to be found very easily. And, you know, we missed a couple big tackles, but the coverage was, you know, just really struggling tonight. You know, we're not executing right now at a high level, and... Um, we talk to our guys about being able to come out here and make plays. And we know there's, you know, last week there were a lot of new faces. There's still a lot of new faces, but you know, we grew in a couple areas this week, but not enough. You know, not enough to really make a difference in the game. And you know, we're still struggling with three and outs. I mean, we were three on out a lot tonight again. And you know, we had a lot of negative offensive plays. I mean, how many times were we second and twenty? And you can, you can feel it. And I know the confidence kind of gets shaken when we're going that direction. And um, you know, I, I, I would love to say that, you know, magically we could uh, improve in those areas very quickly, but, you know, right now we're going to have to grow and learn and really study film and understand football at a higher level. Um, 
you know, we're doing very simple things on offense right now, but we're not executing them. Um, and that's, that's frustrating. That's really frustrating right now. You know, you told me preseason a lot of these guys, not everybody, but haven't played yeah. any football. Mm-hmm. And some, have, the others haven't played varsity football. Mm-hmm. So are you seeing the ramifications of yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, uh, like we said, the senior class, most of them stopped playing football after freshman or sophomore year during COVID. And, are playing other sports and that's it you know playing one sport you know it's kind of our senior class our senior class is really playing one sport now yeah there are a lot of guys playing football still but a lot of guys aren't multi-sport athletes anymore and you know that's that's uh that's been been hard for us to adjust to and so we have new faces out there like you said that are playing for the first time or kids that have just not played varsity football before and so this is a very fast pace to adjust to um, we always talk about kids the jump from JV football to varsity football is it's a big jump and it's really the speed is the biggest difference. On offense, you know, there's things, but one big theme is the running game. There, yep. there isn't one. No, there isn't one. What right was now. the deal? Yeah, I mean, it, we're we're not uh, we're not making blocks up front to to get guys free. Um, you know, Jeppy tonight had a couple opportunities, and we just we just harped on this right now. We're, you know, we have one guy or one person struggling with you know cleaning up that last block that we need to spring spring the run and we have to do a better job um, you know making sure we make those blocks and, and kind of understanding where we're trying to run the ball and you know right now we're struggling with that I mean uh, it's not just one guy it's uh, you know it's as a unit we're, we're not doing a good job there and um, we'll get Jackson McCary back soon which I think will help with the you know the speed that he runs at and the experience I mean when we talk about experience we're talking about a kid that played in every game last year as a sophomore so you know, we'll we'll see if we get them back this coming week or you know a week later, but it'll be soon. So you mentioned it kind of already. Um, offense negative plays, defense yeah. giving up big plays. Those are like confidence yeah. killers. Is that affecting your guys? Yeah, right now. I mean, they're they're playing with lower confidence right now. We talked about that at halftime. I mean, I think you know we noticed right away. You know, when we went over at halftime. They're obviously really down, and um, you know the, those momentum swings. You know, we. It kind of sucks the air out of us. Uh, we scored. You know, we were great. We were playing great defense up to that point, and then bam, they hit the big run, which right. you know was a defensive breakdown. To be honest, with you. the big pass. You know, it's one of those plays. Like those those kids have to get used to playing the ball when it's in the air like that. Do they have great receivers? They were great, but you know, to be honest, he was throwing the ball up. It was felt like it was like hail mary after hail mary, and mm-hmm. they were coming down in their hands. And, yeah. Um, their kids were able to run by our kids, which is a speed thing. And, We've got to be able to adjust to that speed and make a play on the ball. And I think the more you get experience at that, you know, the good news is, is those are almost all juniors playing in that secondary except Oxen Hurt. And so they're, you know, they're getting that experience, but they've got to grow from the experiences and not make the same mistakes week after week. So, How about uh, positives? Krem is doing his thing, Scully, yep. and yep. Hennigan, he, he throws a ball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of time right now, yeah. to be honest. So he's kind of running for his life at times. Um, Krem's a done great. You know, we need him to continue to uh, grow and be confident. He makes plays for us and made some great catches tonight. Uh, you know, Hennigan, if he gets a little more time, I think he'll be more confident in what he's doing. He's able to make those throws. You know, he's, he's still developing his arm strength. So it reminds me a lot of a young quarterback, like, as he continues to do this and you get another – you know, a couple games in, and he's more confident throwing the ball down the field, and then it grows over these years. Like, you know, he's going to be a really special kid. He's a really good quarterback. He's just young, and I've, I've gone through this a few times and went through it with the last kid we had. You know, sophomore yeah. year was pretty rough. Anything else you can point to that? No, I mean, Nicky did pretty well again tonight. I mean, he flipped the field a few times, and, you know, everything was a touchback. So, you know, I mean, Nicky's, you know, it, it, we're, we're not giving him – 
I guess we're giving him a lot of punts, so yeah. <laughs> so he's punting a lot. But is you know he's really able to punt the flip the field for us. And you know I, I looked at one at one point and I kind of laughed. I'm like I think they're 50 or 55 yards back on a punt, which in high school you don't watch returners stand 50 yards back from the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a lot of respect for uh, for, for a kid that's really good. And he, he's done a good job for us. Thanks so much, Brian, for joining us. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. Um, always appreciate all the good stuff. Well, let's jump on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way. I throw out uh, five propositions and Joe and I argue about whether they can happen way or not happen no way. Um, let's start things off with uh, Nutrier Boys Soccer, who took down Loyola. Um, in a big uh, heated matchup between the two uh, schools and uh, Nutrier was able to knock out some other key opponents here. So way or no way, Joe, that um, Nutrier is one of the better teams in the state. Yeah, I think they're definitely one of the better teams in the state. I think they have a couple of the best players in the state in Matthew Perchick and uh, Evan Canellos. Um, I also think that um, they're not the best because Lions beat them in the title game of that. And Lions kind of prove they're, they're right up there with a couple other teams, but um, Nutrier might have a couple strides to make um, if they want to win a state championship or compete for one in a sectional uh, later here in, in the fall. But uh, they're up there, some big wins during this tournament. They also had a tie against Grays Lake Central, who's good, um, and uh, a loss against Lions, who's obviously uh, the best, if not one of the best. So, um, up there, but I think your question was, are they one of the best? Yes, they are. Yeah, I think I'd go way with you there too. I think uh, they're able to beat Libertyville, which obviously I think Libertyville is actually having a down year for what they usually do have. Um, but being able to take down Loyola, lose by only a goal to Lions, who I think is probably the best team in the state right now. Um, I think the Niles North tie is interesting, uh, tying with them one-to-one, um, which I think is kind of interesting. But I do think that uh, – you know, those kind of games happening. You didn't lose that game. So um, I think that way they are definitely uh, one of the better teams in the state um, and should make things uh, interesting moving forward. Um, where no way, Joe, that Nutrier uh, field hockey handled itself well in St. Louis this weekend? Yeah, it certainly looked like it, didn't it? Um, some really good field hockey. They're playing against some of the best in the Midwest down there. And uh, I thought they played well. Uh, at least it looked like that from the results. Um, I think they they had a comeback. Uh, they lost a lead uh, for a loss, I believe, and I, but I believe they were right there till the end. So um, I thought it was a good performance. And they came back uh, yesterday, uh, which was what day is today? Today's Wednesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. They came back and won 4-0 over uh, perennial power in Lake Forest. So I think that built them up uh, a good spot. I think they handled themselves well. So wait. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I think they definitely handled themselves against some of the better teams in the state, and especially that uh, Lake Forest win um, always seems to be one that kind of decides things moving forward for a state championship. So, yeah, definitely way. I think they're definitely handling themselves well and really putting themselves in a position to contend as we uh, head later into the fall. Way or no way, Joe, that the Nutria Boys Swimming and Diving Team compete can compete for another state title? Um, I think girl Swimming and Diving. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I think way. I still think they've got um, talent there on the roster, even though they lost their, I guess, top two in um, Gridley and uh, Nova Line. Um, they still got uh, the um, they still got the twin sisters. They still got the uh, uh, Charlize. They're they're in really good shape here. 
with some other talent, kind of like a pipeline. And, and we see in other new sphere programs that just kind of keeps going. Um, Girls Swimming still up there. They won the state tournament by, uh, I, I don't know if they, I can't remember um, the biggest margin in a while. I think it was about eight, nine years. It was a huge, huge margin of victory for them. I think they're going to keep that up. Not that to that level, but they got room to dip a little and still be among a top contender, which I think they will be. Yeah, I don't want to continue this, but I do think that uh, way I will agree with you there. I think they uh, <laughs> one of those pipelines where they just continue to succeed and have a lot of great uh, performers there. So, um, yeah, way I think definitely that this uh, neutral girls swimming and diving team can definitely um, compete for a state title. Um, way or no way, Joe, that the Loyola girls cross country team will continue its recent string of success. Yeah, I think so. I think this is a good uh, program and, and they, it's got youth still. I guess that youth that we talked about a couple of years ago is getting a little older, but it's still it's still there. It's still good. Um, and it's still kind of leading them to uh, meet victories and top meet finishes and good times. And um, I think they'll be right up there at the sectional once again. Yeah, I think I agree with you way there. I think they uh, definitely are. Um, I think, like you said, they have the talent that's getting older. I think we need to remember that. But um, I think that talent is, has progressed and really gone through uh, the last few years of learning about what it takes to, you know, go through it and uh, play with it. So, uh, yeah, I think way they definitely have the chance um, to continue that success that they've been able to grow over the last couple of years with the uh, bountiful uh, young talent that they have. Um, final way or no way, Joe. Um, with losses to Whitney Young and GBS, way or no way you're concerned about Loyola um, girls volleyball? Um, concerned. It depends on concerned about what. I think they're still a really good team, and they're still, uh, you know, in the top, you know, three or so seeds in the sectional. Um, but I don't think they're as good in the regular season that they had been for the past couple years. So. I think they're going to take their, their lumps here or there against good teams. I think they're about nine and four. Um, got another big matchup with GBS this week. Um, and I believe Nutrier, which I think I'll be going to on Thursday evening. Um, so uh, it'll be a big week to, to kind of showcase that talent. We'll see. But it's a good team, but maybe not an elite team. I think uh, I hate to do this. I agree with you all the way through, but yeah, I think, uh, I'll go with you way there as well. I think I'll have to ask better questions next week, but yeah, I think uh, a little concerned just based on the fact that I think they, they are not competing at the same level. They might've been competing in the last um, few years. Uh, that doesn't like, I agree with you that I don't think that means they'll be bad by any means, but I do think that um, they might not be competing at the same level as they had been before. So um, that should make things a little bit interesting. And maybe this is the, these are the types of losses maybe you want early in the season um, when you uh, want to uh, be competing and kind of get in the right mindset moving forward. All right, we're going to move forward here and go to the fourth quarter as we preview week three of football action. And uh, um, let's start with Nutria since we ended with Nutria in the first quarter. Um, Nutria travels to play Palatine on um, Friday, Palatine 2-0 and so far. And Joe, just based on what we've seen um, so far from both of these teams, I don't see a way in which Palatine doesn't control this game from the start and um, earn a relatively easy non-conference win. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I hate to do it. Um, I don't like switching to such a uh, 
such a negative mode so early in the season, but, you know, Nutria has kind of shown us some things that, that tell us what kind of teams can be this year. And it's a growth year. Um, and I think it's, I think it just is. And Palatine's in a win now mode. Uh, and they're doing so at a, at a very nice clip beating St. Charles North. Um, and who was their second victory? Uh, was it Buffalo Grove? Uh, yeah, they, they had a Buffalo Grove 50 to seven. Yeah. Just handled a very good Buffalo Grove. So Palatine special this year. Um, I think they're going to, on the scoreboard, take it to Nutrier. Um, and I'm not sure. Now, they might get Jackson McCary back. Um, they're, uh, they're starting tailback. They might get, I'm talking about Nutrier, they might get Jaden Salazar back on the D-line. That's not making a difference between winning and losing. Maybe it uh, makes a difference uh, in your confidence and how you look on the field. Maybe you get more reps um, get more looks, move down the field a little more. I think that's what's key here. If you're going to take a loss, let's see if we can gain some confidence in other areas of the game. Um, can we force a turnover here and there? Can we beat their guys? Can can our guys prove that they should be on this field? You know what I mean? Um, and I think they can be. This is a big nutrient school with big guys. So they just need to step up to the challenge. And uh, um, I don't think they're going to win the game, of course, but uh, can we do some special things that we can take with us down the road? What are some things that you, maybe you don't see Nutria winning this game, but what are some things that would have you kind of encouraged and be like, all right, they didn't win this game against a tough Palatine team, but I saw growth in this aspect or this aspect. Like what are some things that you feel like, even if Nutria loses the game, could really have uh, the Trevians encouraged as they head into the final non-conference game of the season? I think they need to expand, uh, diversify their passing attack a little bit. It's been a lot of miles. Kremiscoli, 13 catches in two games. Um, and he's very good. You got to get him the ball. I'm not saying don't, but you know, they've got some other talent. Ben proud. pretty good on the other side. I think Liam Fitzgerald is an underrated, uh, pass catcher and runner, um, kind of like a fullback, uh, tight end slight role. And he can catch it and get some positive yards for you. Can you get your running backs? out in space or even Dylan Jeppy, uh, who's the backup quarterback, you know, turned running back. Um, just just something different because these teams, especially the really good teams with with secondaries that can do this, are going to just smother um, Kremiscoli and you're going to run into interceptions uh, like, uh, like they did at least once the other day. So um, <clears throat> I'd like to see that. And of course, their running game. I just don't know if they're going to get healthy enough on the offensive line or big enough on the offensive line to do that against the Palatine. Can you get some positive yards? I don't know if they'll bring Jackson McCary back for this um, or the next week, but uh, they got to get that running game going or their offense is going to go nowhere unless they just want to air, you know, shotgun air it out 50 times a game and with a sophomore quarterback. I'm not, you know, trying to pronounce any teams that are anything like that at this point, but I mean, just where do you kind of see things going for Nutria now? Just like you mentioned a developmental year and, um, tough opponent against Palatine this week. Then you got friend and you start off against Evanston, GBN, GBS, Miles West, and then obviously finish with the main South. Just where do you kind of see things going now based on what you've seen in the first couple of weeks of the season? I, it, man, not pretty territory, almost so much. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think other teams have shown things uh, to encourage you in the conference um, I think Frem's a winnable game for them. You know, you get three games in the tank, even though you're possibly 0-3, uh, you know what you have. Maybe you could execute some things against a Frem team that's not a playoff team. Uh, but then you get into Evanston, who's who's played pretty well. They're 1-1. One one. GBS, who's 2-0, one on a two-point conversion. Uh, GBN, who's played better. 
Uh, Maine South is looming, of course. We'll worry about that later. Um, I, I just there's not many wins on this on this schedule. Um, there there really aren't for this team. Um, hopefully by the end of the year, we have a group that's hardened through this challenge and is, is ready to go and build and wants to, and they've had some successes here and there. Um, but this isn't a team who's going to rip off four in a row and be a playoff contender. All right, let's jump on over now to Buffalo Grove, um, and Highland Park this Friday, um, Buffalo Grove following to Lions 38 to 35, and then Palatine beating Buffalo Grove 50 to seven. Um, maybe this game isn't as, um, daunting as we expected it to be, Joe. Just what do you kind of see in this matchup where, um, I mean, Highland Park potentially has a chance to go to three and zero here. Potentially. I, I do think it's an uphill climb. Um, I think, you know, uh, Buffalo Grove's first two losses are to some tough teams here and, uh, they're, they, they want that win, you know, starting zero and three, as we've talked about is very daunting. Um, and Buffalo Grove is a playoff quality team. So I think they're going to want that third win bad, not going to hold anything back. Um, I, I think, you know, if Highland Park can get that ground game going, I really think that that could be a strength of theirs. Once it gets moving, um, they could be more dangerous. We'll see if they can do that against Buffalo Grove um, or, you know, a um, couple, maybe their air attack can keep it. I think their air attack has been so potent because of maybe the quality of their opponents. You know, when we're talking about big schools, small schools, um, it might take a hit in this game. Buffalo Grove might be able to defend that better. Um, so it might need to, to look to other ways, but who knows that maybe that passing game is really as good as it's shown in the first two games against any opponent. Is this a game where you feel like, you know, you would be happy to have, but you're not terribly, you know, mad if you lose it, or is this a game where you kind of like, man, we can really like make some noise here if we start the season off three and zero? Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a great question. Mike. I think it's kind of a tweener. I think you're not sad if you lose it, but you know that it's within your grasp. I, like I said, uphill, but still within your grasp to compete. And when you compete, a couple of bounces going your way, turnovers, fumbles, whatever, um, then you're right in it and it could happen. So uh, maybe one you regret a little bit. And, but also if you lose to a good team and you're, you're right in it, then you can take that momentum and ride it because they got Hersey the next week, which is another really big test for them. Um, going to be difficult before they get into their conference slate. So you go into that three, and zero, you're feeling like world beaters. Um, you go into that two, two and one, you're not that mad either. So I think it is a tweener in that respect. So what really needs to happen? Does the defense really need to make, you know, stops here? I mean, they gave up 25 points in the first game, zero in the second game, or is it the offense where you've kind of seen them, they've been able to, you know, score points 28 and 49 so far. I mean, what side kind of needs to make the difference here in this game? Yeah. I, I don't know if the offense can put up 40 or, or plus 30 against a really good team. Just, you know, most offenses can't against really good opponents in this state. Um, they put up 28 against Leiden after going down 10. And then they also gave up, um, you know, two scores late. So uh, I think that defense does need to shore up and keep Buffalo Grove to around that late twenties, early thirties. And hopefully the offense can, um, can, you know, respond to their scores with, with equal scores and maybe get some turnovers. I think if they do win, we're looking at a, a high 20s, low 30s game. All right, we'll get your prediction here uh, a little bit, but uh, let's move on to Loyola and St. Rita, where um, I, I'm kind of interested in this game, just watching St. Rita the last couple of weeks and watching Loyola in week one. I'm kind of curious to see whether 
Um, this is Loyola's first test or whether it's just so hard to tell with that game against St. Xavier, knowing how well good they're going to be where um, it'll be curious to see whether, you know, traveling down to you know, St. Rita on a Friday and then competing there against the CCL battle where you have a big offensive line, defensive line. I know obviously St. Xavier had that, but um, I'm really curious to see whether this matchup could potentially be, you know, Loyola's first matchup where they might be a little tested. Um, yeah, it's, it, I think it's just, you know, the testing comes from not just uh, maybe a, a higher quality opponent or equal. It's that it's, you know, St. Rita. Um, and although they're not in the exact same conference, um, they're Catholic League powers um, and they, they like to beat each other in that league, whether it's Carmel or Catholic or uh, St. Rita or Marist, uh, they like to compete against each other and um, hold uh, um, the, the honors of the best, um, even if it's just for one week. So, um, you're going to expect some smash mouth football, some good Illinois football. And, uh, but I do think Loyola is just a better team and a better program right now, um, to where St. Rita is. And, uh, I think that, I think we're going to see Loyola control this one. I really do. I think the biggest fun matchup of this game is going to be Loyola's defense or Loyola's offense going against that St. Rita defense where St. Rita was able to get two key stops against brother rice, um, toward the end of their game on Friday and, both on fourth downs and stopped them from um, moving the ball down to the field and scoring. So, um, and Loyola and uh, that defense is pretty good. You got Pat Farrell. He's going to Illinois at the defensive line. You got um, a couple of good linebackers and a good secondary there. And it'll be interesting to see what um, obviously Loyola's offensive line is very big and um, able to move around, but it'll be really interesting to see what Jake Stern is able to do against that secondary where, um, that secondary is a little bit youthful other than their senior captain there, Johnny uh, Schmidt. But um, I think it'll be really interesting to see what they're doing there because on the opposite side, I think that Loyola's defense um, should just have an easy time with the Rita offense. Rita's offense is, um, you know, new quarterback, Chad Hilding is into the fold. They kind of struggle to move the ball around. Um, I think they can run the ball, They, but, you know, they're able to run the ball a little bit against they weren't able to run the ball against Mount Carmel and they ran a little bit against um, brother rice. And I think zoning in on Ethan Middleton for Loyola's defense is going to be major key. Um, Ethan able to catch the ball, run the ball really well. Um, He's a top prospect in the junior class here in Illinois. But um, I think that matchup will be really big difference where I think Loyola's defense honestly could even score a couple points here and maybe help the offense on a little bit. But um, like I said earlier, that offense against that St. Rita defense should be really interesting because we've seen Sterney run the ball well. He ran a lot um, last year in week two, it seems like, and he was able to show off that arm in week one. Um, but against that, against a Rita defense, that's going to be able to create some pressure on him. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how much, how Sterney responds and, you know, how much he uses his tight ends and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's where I think, uh, loyal, uh, we talked about how, how good of a program they are and how deep they are. That's where it really gets you because, okay, you got Rita who might have this, um, great pressure and, a, and an experienced secondary, but, uh, maybe that stops Sterney, but what about that run game? I think you, I'm glad you mentioned it because Loyola's offensive line, I think is underrated, um, maybe gets lost in all the talent that's on that roster. It's an experienced and deep offensive line. You know, they got their left tackle back who missed all of last year, who's playing really well protecting uh, the blind side. Um, and they've got other guys who are getting college looks and even college commits on that offensive line. It's really good. 
Um, and at some point they're getting Kyan Gibbs back um, to help out that rushing attack like it needs too much help. Um, but we saw Jake Sterney rush for a couple touchdowns last week. Um, uh, Will Nemeshine has got him out, his out of the backfield. Um, so it's, and Drew McPherson as well. So we're, you add Kyan Gibbs there and with those tight ends as well, like little escape valves um, in case there is too much pressure. Um, I think uh, the loyal coaching staff knows what St. Breed is going to bring and they'll be ready for it. And I think that offensive line might be a star on, uh, on Friday night. Yeah, I think this, I think this matchup is fun just be based on, I feel like we'll find out a lot about both of these teams. I think we'll Rita losing to Mount Carmel the way it did to start the season and bouncing back against the okay. And I feel like mother rise is inexperienced this season, a lot of inexperience on both sides of the ball. So I think it'll be really interesting because we'll learn more, more about St. Rita and we'll learn more about Loyola. Just what kind of teams are we dealing with here? We're in week three. Now you've gotten the butterflies out in the last couple of weeks and um, you've kind of gone through some stuff. So um, I do really expect a tough battle between these two teams. And I do think that it'll be really fun just to see how good is Loyola and how good is St. Rita based on what we see on Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. Kind of that first big uh, matchup for Loyola in, you know, local matchup that we're waiting. And then it's kind of boom, boom, boom from there. Um, uh, And so, yeah, I'm pumped. It's going to be a good one. All right. Let's get some predictions out of you. Uh, What happens? um, Let's start out with Nutria Palatine. What's the score going to be there? Oh boy. Um, You know, this sounds worse than it is, but, you know, I, I maybe um, Nutria is able, you know, that defense, I do like some players there and their speed. Uh, maybe they pick it up a little bit. And I think Palatine 42, and let's say they get on the board um, with six, um, 42 to six. And I'm, it sounds worse than it is, but Palatine can score more points than that. That's funny. I was actually going to go with the same exact score, 42 to six. I think Nutria <laughs> is able to get a couple field goals out of there. And I think uh, Palatine is able to score. They won't score as much as they did um, against Buffalo Grove last week. But I do think that uh, uh, Palatine should have a pr- fairly easy time and uh, improve while Nutria drops to 0-3. Um, Highland Park at Buffalo Grove. What uh, what do you see happening there, Joe? I think Highland Park competes. I really do. I think they, they step up. Um, you know, this is a big season for them um, for a variety of reasons, but they're playing spirited. They're playing just a, a fun brand of football. They're enjoying themselves. Um, you know, Coach Anthony Cop, same way. Uh, so I think uh, they'll compete, but I do think Buffalo Grove's a little stronger. I think we're looking at something like 28 to, to 14. Interesting. Yeah, I think that this will be a lot closer than maybe we expected a couple weeks ago. Um, but I do think that Buffalo Grove will edge out uh, Highland Park. I think it'll be a 16 to like 11 game or 16 to 10 game. Um, I think that uh, Buffalo Grove's going to have more depth and going to be able to replace his defense more than Highland Park will be able to. So um, I think the Giants, unfortunately, will suffer their first loss of the season. All right, you got Loyola traveling down to the south side, playing on at St. Rita on Friday night. What do you see happening there? I see Loyola controlling here. I think they do a lot of it near the line of scrimmage with their run game, maybe some outlet passes and sideline stuff that they love to do and could open some things up for them on their offensive end. And I, I just, I mean, I'm in love with the defense. You know, year in and year out, they're good, but this defense is playing with this certain edge uh, that, may, that, that a lot of teams just can't, it's not just compete, but can't like rise to that level of energy and uh, intense intensity. So 
Um, I think Loyola controls this one and, and we're looking at like a 30, 38 to seven. I think this game, that score actually is really funny because I think this game really mirrors what happens for St. Rita, what happened for St. Rita against Mount Carmel, where I think that the first, I think for the first few possessions, we'll see a couple three and outs. We'll see um, some kids, maybe we'll see another 51 yard field goal from the same Rita kicker. Um, but I do think that Loyola's offense will take charge and uh, Jake Sterney will be able to move the ball across the field. I think uh, the Loyola rushing attack will be able to get in there. And I think St. Rita's defensive line good will start things off well, but I do think after a while it'll get tired and the replacements will just get, it'll be hard to replace the starters on a consistent basis. And I think uh, um, Loyola will be able to open this one up. So um, I think I'm going to go with what the Mount Carmel and uh, St. Rita score was just because I'm trying to compare Loyola and Mount Carmel as much as I can this season. <laughs> I'm going to go with the 35 to three score Loyola wins against Mount Carmel and then sets up a fun week four where the CCL blue plays each other um, in week four. But um, I think it should be a lot of fun just to see how good these two teams are. And just to see, I feel like we'll true, we'll get a true test of, you know, yeah. what they're able to do, what they can't do um, as we kind of, you know, start looking ahead um, maybe a little bit too early into playoff projections just to see what can this team realistically do. And I think we'll learn a lot about that this week. Yeah, me, me too. All right. Well, that's everything that we've got for this week's episode for the podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Uh, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available, Apple, iTunes, Android, Spotify, wherever you're listening to podcasts, let us know so we can add it if we're not there. And make sure you uh, subscribe. We always appreciate everyone's kind words and make sure to check out older episodes of the podcast. A lot of good stuff happening there. Check out my stuff at Friday Night Drive. We got some good content happening now with all the football going on around the state, especially in the CCLESCC. And as always, check out Joe's work at therecordnorthshore.org, not only for North Shore sports, but also everything else that is going on in the North Shore area. Joe's covering it all, so make sure you support his work and subscribe. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. Enjoy your weekend football, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to The Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.